You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. What is going on? My name is John Brown. We're talking NFL Draft. The whole sports world is looking at Philadelphia right now. On Thursday night, it got started right there in front of the art museum, right there on the parkway. And right there, the Eagles chose Derek Barnett from Tennessee. A lot of surprise. A lot of people are surprised. A lot of people are shocked. Um, but there, but honestly, this whole first round was full of shocks. This whole first round full of surprises. So we're gonna get into that. We're gonna talk about that. Let me bring in my first guest from totalsportslive.com on the phone with me right now, Mr. Jovan Alford, editor in chief and founder of totalsportslive.com. Jovan, what's going on, brother? Hey, man, I'm glad to be back on the show. Last last week we were talking NBA. Now this week we're talking draft, which we definitely need to because a lot of things going on. Like you said, a lot of people with this Barnett pick, there's a lot of people on the fence. So let's get down and talk to it. All right, then let's get down and talk to it then. Um, You, because of what you do, you made a mock draft. You had a mock draft. Yeah. You know, it was one of many. In your draft, you had the Eagles picking who? Well, first round, I thought, I thought, you know, for my mock draft, I had Corey Davis going to the Eagles at 14 just because we didn't know if we didn't know exactly. And now I think that was the case with all the wide receivers. We didn't know exactly where he was going to land in this draft. You didn't know, you know, some teams were going to take a risk going top five, top ten, or even, you know, some might fall in that 14 to 19 range. So I thought Corey Davis, I had him as my guy in the first round, but that didn't happen as we <laughs> saw him go number five. Number five. So, which is so, a good move. Which it, is a good move. Good it is move a good move by Tennessee. But let me ask you this. So given that, how surprised were you? Because first of all, I mean, there were a lot of head scratchers in this first round. Mm-hmm. The biggest head scratcher being Chicago trading up, giving up three picks to trade up one spot for a player that San Francisco pretty much didn't want, weren't even checking for. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, yeah. and what's been crazy is, you know, you look at all these mock drafts. You look at all these mock drafts and all these players that people are bringing in. All these names that people have gone one way or another, and you know, you're see, I I watch players at the top of the draft go where most of the experts had them falling in the middle towards the end. So honestly, you know, you've covered a couple of drafts, you followed a couple of drafts, you watched more than your share. How shocked were you with some of the moves that were making, some of the draft picks that were chosen in this first round? Well, first and foremost, like you said, Chicago moving up just one pick to get their guy in Mitch Trubisky was definitely shocking and head-scratching because of what they get up to just move up one selection when San Francisco wasn't even gunning for gunning for him. They're pretty much, they were setting their ways of going to get Solomon Thomas, and that's a great move for them because it helps them build that defensive line with DeForest Buckner, who they drafted last year. So that was one of the head-scratching moves. Because, like I said, what they gave up to move up just one spot mm. was a lot. But I do give credit to the rookie GM 
and John Lynch. A good, great, great move and great trade to allow that to happen. He fleeced Ryan Pace, and Ryan will have, you know, his job security is now tied to, and I call him Mishibishi Trubisky. So now it's his, his, his job is now tied to him. So if he fails, then Pace is going to fail. So that was one of the moves that surprised me. And I guess the other one that surprised me, I guess it was just the team's trading up for quarterbacks in general. Mm-hmm. We saw Kansas City trade up to number to trade up to ten, switching with the Bills because they wanted Pat Mahomes out of Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Now, now, was that, a, was, that was that worth it? Would you would you have made that move? Trading um, up for Patrick Mahomes. I'm once again, he's another player that I felt like probably would have been there when the Chiefs picked later on in the in in that round. I I just I I don't understand it. That made that made no sense to me. Now it didn't make you know it it made it made more sense in the it made more sense than the whole Chicago deal, you know mm-hmm. you know which was a complete head scratcher. But in the end, I still right. felt like Mahomes. I didn't see Mahomes as a top ten player. Maybe not even a top fifteen or top twenty player. No, I agree with you. I think that they could have possibly they could have stayed at their pick and got Mahomes. I think it was I think it was the I think it was the fear. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, you know, panic because they're like, "Oh my God, if we don't get Mahomes, we don't try to get Mahomes." Mm-hmm. Does a team like the Texans go up and snatch him and, and trade up to go get a quarterback? So I think there's a lot of you know uh, chess moves being played. So KC felt like they needed to jump up to get their quarterback of the future because they might want to move on from the Alex Smith era. And if you draft a guy in head like Pat Mahomes, who does have the physical skills and tools to, to be an NFL quarterback. He has a live arm. He has the arm strength. You know, he has the mobility in the pocket. And we know Andy Reid's a QB whisperer, so maybe he can help Mahomes transition a little bit more. So I think that's why KC did it. They panicked because they're thinking, okay, maybe Houston's going over. But then we see Houston move up, and they get their quarterback, which to me, I don't have a problem with them doing it. Because right now, at quarterback, they're not really set. They only have Tom Savage and Brandon Wheaton, which is not the greatest one-two combo. Not, not at all. To have, but in my to having your have right yeah, there. But in my opinion, Deshaun Watson was probably the best quarterback available in this draft. Which, okay. I, and honestly, it's funny when you take a look at the quarterbacks that are available in the first round of this draft. It make it makes the Eagles making that move to get Carson Wentz last year make a little bit more sense because I'm sitting here and we have Carson Wentz in tow. He is our quarterback going into his second year, and I'll take him over Mahomes. I'll take him over Watson. I'll take him over uh, – I'll definitely take him over Trub- – Trub- it doesn't even matter how to pronounce Trubisky. the boys. Trubisky. Trubisky. Because it's not – the dude won't even be in the league long enough to really get his name right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But there were still there were still a lot of names that I saw a lot of experts say were going to fall to the Eagles at fourteen, get picked up pretty mm-hmm. high. Um, we talked about Corey Davis. Another one being Mike Williams. Yeah. Mike Williams wasn't there. Uh, you know, another name uh, a name that kind of rose up on people was uh, was Christian McCaffrey not there you know so but for me i guess in in the end although there were a lot of surprises it really worked out probably best for the eagles because 
Although, yes, you know, a running back would have been nice. A wide receiver would have been nice. You know, in the end, what they got, they they addressed a a need. They addressed right. a, you know, a, a, a bona fide need, which was addressing this pass rush. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they addressed the pass rush by being able to get the best pass rusher available in this draft. So now I'm interested now. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm sitting back and I want to see what I, w- I want to see what Barnett can do while working mm-hmm. with uh, working with the Fletcher Cox and a Brandon Graham. And a Timmy Jernigan. Yes. I mean, Tim Jernigan. Tim Jernigan. Go about ten now. But 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 nonetheless, that's. I mean, right now that I think that now adds a wrinkle, you know, to what you know what's go, you know going this team going into training camp. Like, okay, this pass rush might be all right. You went from having a suspect pass rush that leave left mm-hmm. suspect DBs out to dry. Now you got to right. You know, now you got a pass rush that can get some, you know, get some pressure on the quarterback. Exactly. So, I mean, so speak on, I mean, speak on that. Speak on, you know, what this pick does for the Eagles moving forward. I think it helps the Eagles tremendously going forward because, like you said, they they fill the position of need that they really need. There was a glaring hole at the other side of the defensive end. Benny Curry haven't got the job done. That's okay. Maybe he's not an all, an all, an all a three down starter. Maybe he's just a pass person specialist. So you pay your ears back on third down. You let him go at it. Now people might say the money that he got is not it's not warranted. Going to be a pass rusher specialist, but that's a whole another topic for a whole another day. So when you have him on there, and then Marcus Smith, you know that project went awry. You got it. You got you got to applaud Joe Douglas and them for sticking to their guns. You know if they were. Barnett was the highest rate player on the draft where they went and got a player who was projected to go in the top 15. Regardless, I think it's a great move. And what people fail to realize and understand is that they only look at, oh, they took it to fifth event, but they, they did. Some people say they missed out on the best player available in a guy like uh, uh, O.J. Howard out of Alabama when you don't need a tight end. You don't need a tight end. You need a defensive event. You got your defensive end. And they don't look, they, they're not looking at the grand scheme of things, this is, which is, we are the Eagles are building a ferocious defensive line that are going to get after the quarterback, which means because you're going to have young guys starting at the cornerback position, which means if they can get to the quarterback, it's going to make the guys that play corner, which is going to be probably rookie A and rookie B, we don't know, they is going to make their jobs ten times easier. So I think fans have to understand that and. Barnett, obviously, he mentioned last night at his press at his press conference that he did have a top thirty visit with the Eagles, and he had a chance to you know speak with Jim Schwartz. They had a meeting, and Schwartz said that he likes his get off, and he said that the coaching staff compared him to a young T. Sizzle, aka Terrell Suggs. So when you have that comparison, they believe in him that much. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta just say, okay, we put the trust in him and see what happens. So with that, you know, we we looked at the picks before. Uh, a Barnett before Derek Barnett and how a couple of reaches kind of made it possible to get him. Nonetheless, they still made the, there were still some, some names, other names that we had heard and, you know, kind of rumored, kind of connected to the Eagles that were passed up. One of the biggest names is Reuben Foster. In your opinion, why did they pass up on a player like Reuben Foster? 
that's a great question. I mean, I mean, a lot of people were wondering the same thing. Why would you pass on a guy like Richard Foster? And I guess it was because I know he had some red flag. I think some, I, I want to say there was some off the field, but I'm not exactly sure. So I don't want to like quote me on this when you listen to it. Say He said this and it's wrong. But I think he did have some type of red flags. I know he had injury history too, which may have concerned them, which may have concerned them again. If you're drafting a guy like Ruben Foster, can, are you saying that he gonna is he that are you gonna say are you saying that he's gonna play outside linebacker? Because he's not gonna be your middle because you already have your middle in Jordan Hicks. So I understand them passing on Foster because of you know, I think he had the dil he had the diluted sample or whatever a couple days ago. I know he was on first take talking about it and I think there was some injury injury concerns with him as well. So that's all right for passing on Foster because I still think in this draft you can you can you can get quality, you know, players later, linebacker, and I don't think unlike defensive end, I don't think linebacker is that pressing of a need where you need to address that in the first round. I understand. And we're talking with Jovan Alford from totalsportslive.com. He was at the draft. He'll be at the draft for the rest of this weekend. He's cover- He's covering it for totalsportslive.com and Philadelphia Tribune. Um, you were there. You you were mm-hmm. there. Tell me what it was like. You know, give me the lowdown. What like what was that experience like? Man, every time you're like everybody asked me this, have been asking me this whole question, this question like since since you know day day one started, and it just brings out. I, I guess it's just me, but it brings a smile to my face just talking about it because it was a really it was a cool it was a cool event. It was a great experience, you know, to see you know the stars of tomorrow uh, start the start of tomorrow. Excuse me, you know, witness their dreams that you know they've been working so hard for come to fruition. Right there, and you know you're seeing all the fanfare, the red carpet. I mean, we they even had Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed, there doing the red carpet. They had him there, you know, the college coaches and outside of just the players and the media that was there. Just how the fans, you know, just the football fans down there, how they conducted themselves, the passion. Uh, Boom and Roger Goodell. The open up was pretty, was pretty, was pretty funny. That I'm not gonna hold you. That was pretty good. And then Rogers like. Bring it, and it's just like Roger. Come on now, like I know you're trying to you're trying to get a cool card, but mm-hmm. let's be real, let's be real. But overall, it was a very fun event. The fans did a excellent job down there. The draft, NFL draft experience I heard was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I got a chance to see a couple other things. So if anybody you know when they chair this, you know it's still going to be open up until Saturday until six, I think. So six in the evening. So they should definitely come and check it out. Cool, cool, cool. So moving forward, as the Eagles continue to make picks to build their roster, you know, to increase their young core, give me some names that you might that you think could be available in the later rounds that could be difference makers. Who do you have your eye on? Later rounds, we're talking day three, right? We're talking, talking at day th- four yeah, to seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, four to seven. Um, I'm thinking you could get a guy uh, like Kareem Hunt out of Toledo. He's one probably one of my favorite running backs in this year draft class. I said that last year about Paul Perkins, and he went to the Giants. But again, for a different story, a whole other podcast for that uh, for that discussion. I think Paul, uh, not Paul Perkins, uh, Kareem Hunt is a target the Eagles could possibly get in the fourth round. 
but it depends on if there is a run on quarterbacks in the second. It, it, it depends if there's a run of uh, running backs, excuse me, that happens there. So Kareem Hunt, I like him because dude is like he's physical, he's tough running back. He doesn't go down. You might be able to put one hit on him, and he'll still keep his balance. I call him mini beast mode because he just never goes down. He has great ball security. Uh, uh, carried the ball, I want to say, 782 times with no fumble, no fumble over his four-year college career. So I like him as one possible target. Uh, also, you have a guy like Jordan Morgan, who is a Philadelphia native, played football for Germantown High School, one year of high school football, and then walked on the down and became one of the best uh, offensive linemen in Division Two winning the, uh, what's that award, the Gene Upshaw Award, and playing really good football in the PSAC. And I think he's another guy who, he took, who, who they can grab. He played tackle at Kutztown, but the NFL transition, he's making a transition to guard. And we know the Eagles could use some extra guards. We know the Eagles, minus the two Kelly years, what the Andy Reid and them always did. They always built the line. They always believe in building the line, offense and defense. Because we see, we saw last year, and years prior, you can never have too many offensive linemen that are ready to go and step in and, and, and be and be a playmaker. So I like Jordan Morgan. Um, another guy, Shaquille Griffin out of UCF. He's a fast cornerback. He, I think, ran a 4.38 or, or something of that nature. He's a fast corner. He's a he's physical. He's aggressive, very aggressive. He'll run through. He'll run for. He'll, he'll run through the wall for him pretty much. He's he has a lot of pass deflections. He he does it all. Really good player for the Golden Knights. That obviously at the end you might look at two smaller school guys, uh, Grover Stewart out of out, out of Albany State. He played in the SIC. SI no the SIAC yes SIAC and he's a big mammoth defensive tackle. He's like six foot five and like three hundred something pounds. Really? So you're talking yeah. So you're talking like run stuff. He's powerful. Very powerful. This season, I think he had 12, 12 tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks or something like that. So he's really powerful. And then you look at possibly another guy, Keontae Davis, out of Chattanooga, who's a who's an edge rusher. They want to go edge, but obviously they did that with Barnett. So I think there's a lot of options they can go to. Wide receiver, you know, Cooper Cup maybe, um, Donnell Pumphrey from San Diego State, another running back, Jamal Williams out of BYU. So there's tons of options uh, for the Eagles. So overall, as we, we wrap things up, top of the draft, they go pass rush, they go defender, they get mm-hmm. arguably the best pass rusher in the draft. So yep. in their, in your mind, does that give them an A when it comes down to grading their draft so far, with grading their first-round pick? Do they get an A from you? Because I know you're a tough critic. You're a very tough critic. So <laughs> what do you in, – in, in the end, what, what, what grade do you give this pick? I would give them an A. I mean, they didn't they didn't reach, as many people said, they didn't reach for him. I mean, they didn't have make a trade to move up to get him. He just fell into their lap. I have to say, you know, they they, they like I said, they went they filled the position of the defensive end for an issue. Now think about this. He they they have him now, mm-hmm. they have Brandon Graham on the other side, Fletcher Cox, you will not be able to double team him no more. Because mm. you have you, know, you have another guy you have to worry about definitely playing beside alongside him. So I think you definitely got to give him an A. And if you and if you give him lower than that, then you're foolish. I hear that. That's there. You go. You have Javon Alford from TotalSportsLive.com in the Philadelphia Tribune. 
telling you that if you are not down with this pick of Derek Barnett, you know, you're a fool. That's what he said. Those, those were his exact words. He said, you're stupid and you don't know anything if you're not down. Foolish. Foolish. Fool- Foolish. <laughs> well, all, right, all, right, all right. Okay. I, I embellished a little bit. I, you know, yeah, like, like my translator. Yeah, exactly. He said, you're a, he he said, exactly. you're a friggin' idiot. That's what he's no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but in, in the end, you know, you, this was a team that had a need filled a need mm-hmm. and moving forward you're like okay i'm 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 pretty satisfied i want right. more you know there, there's still a whole lot more draft to go they still have a whole lot to, you know to figure out and uh put together but so far so good right yep so so far yeah so far it's, it's good to me like i said for people that wanted a tight end and wanted oj howard that's great if you thought he was the second best player available on the board at 14, that's great. If you thought that he was the best player, developed player, then that's great that you wanted him so bad. But again, where would you put him at? Are you going to tell, are you going to say he was going to now run a two tight end offense with the running, with the type of wide receivers they have? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's just, that's just dumb. That, that's just dumb. Especially when you have a guy like Trey Burton, mm-hmm. who is developing into a nice solid weapon, who OJ Howard is. Mm-hmm. OJ Howard, they said, okay, he could be a tight end. You could flex him out wide. You can put him at an H-back. They did the same thing with Burton. They put Burton, they flexed him out of the wide receiver in the preseason. He can do H-back. He can do the same thing that Howard can. So let's be real. I hear you. Uh, one uh, one more question, if I can jump back into the draft for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, in your opinion, let me if, you know, a, a lot of people or, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they have their ideas of who they want in the second in the second round, uh, mm-hmm. and they want they, they they want they want a running back, mm-hmm. but they pick they're they're in the middle of the first, the second round. Let me ask you something. Let me, let, let me float a scenario out there for you. Say that pick, the guy that they want, isn't there, mm-hmm. and Joe Mixon is. Do you take a flyer on him in the second round? No. No, no, no. Is it because is it because you think that's too high, or do you think? I mean, is is there for you a scenario where you could see or could accept the Eagles drafting Joe Mixon? I'll take Joe Mixon in the third and the fourth round. I'll take him at that position if necessary, but I wouldn't take him in the second round because I know there's other backs that I can get that probably will not be the headache that he has shown to be at Oklahoma. I can get an Alvin Kamara out of Tennessee who's, who's, you know, he doesn't have the the statistics to back it up, but he's got a tremendous upside. And I can get a guy like Alvin Cook who, you know, who they say have off the field issues, but they're not the off the field issues that Joe Mixon has. So, so I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't want to deal with that. So in, in, a, in a situation where you're going into this, you're going into your pick. Dalvin Cook and Kamara are both going. Still not picking Joe mm-hmm. Mixon. Nope, I'll go with a cornerback. Oh, all right, I hear you. I not not mad at you. All right, well, look, I know you got a lot more draft to cover, so I'm gonna let you go. But I just want to thank you for jumping on with the best in the world. It's not a problem, man. Like I said, anytime I'm always willing to come on and talk some sports with you. It's not a problem. And and we. Always, we'll give you a place to go. 
because quite frankly, you know, what I mean, you give good stuff, and if we got to have you here every week, we will because you. Could, hey, that, that works. <laughs> all right, all right. Joe Joe Von from TotalSportsLive dot com. Thanks a lot, good brother. No problem. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Gold Flow.